in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandDonsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 668 of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up in the Ron and Don Show, you're going to find out why Eminem has been actually uh, reaching out to the Detroit Lions. He actually thinks that he could play football again. We'll get to that. Also, we're going to tell you about a school that bans smartphones, and you're not going to believe what happened. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. The transfer portal. The transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. As I said last week, and I want everyone to remember, the Washington Huskies would have never been in a championship game if it wasn't for the transfer portal. The transfer portal allowed players to come here that would have never been eligible to come, including Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix Jr. in his record-breaking year was one of the big reasons and also the three receivers that were here and the running back he had. That offense, if it wasn't for the transfer portal, they wouldn't have had that offense and they wouldn't have gone to the national championship. And I just want to jump in and give people that don't follow sports too closely a brief definition of this. So prior to this thing called the transfer portal, if a young athlete, male or female athlete, committed to a school, so they said, I'm going to play softball on scholarship at the University of Washington. I'm going to play volleyball on scholarship at the University of Washington. I'm going to play basketball or football on scholarship. You signed a contract contract with the university and you were not allowed to transfer to another school without a penalty. Even if the coach that recruited you uh, moved schools, you were still stuck at that school. You could not move. And so as part of a big uh, class action lawsuit from athletes to get their name, image, and likeness where they could profit off of that, um, a byproduct of that was, you know, doing away with those draconian rules and saying, okay, if we're going to allow coaches to move around year to year, and we're going to start to allow players to receive income for their athletic talents, part of that, we're going to remove this restriction where they have to sit out a year in order to transfer from a college to a college. And so now uh, a, a young athlete, male or woman, they could transfer in the same year. So you could be playing for the University of Washington, you could enter the transfer portal, and as long as there's another school that wants to pick you up, you can transfer pretty much immediately um, with very little resistance from the NCAA. It's brand new. It has dramatically changed sports like basketball and football, lesser so in some of the, the smaller sports and, and some of the uh, Title IX sports. But it, it's a, a revolutionary development uh, in college athletics. Yeah, and the transfer portal opens and it closes. So it opens at the end of your year. Uh, for 30 days, it used to be 45. So at the end of the year of playing football, the portal opens. It also opens for another 30 days at the end of spring practice, and that's it. So once it closes and kids commit, they're committed to those schools. Here's the difference, though. If your coach transfers, 
automatically the transfer portal opens. So when Coach DeBoer ended up going to Alabama, the transfer portal for the University of Washington automatically opened. And some of those players that he recruited, he was able to connect with some of those players, wink, wink, and nod, nod. And you're going to see some of those players that he recruited that were going to play at the University of Washington, you're now going to see them play at the University of Alabama. And people think that that's a big ripoff. But let me tell you then what happened. A guy by the name of Jeb Fish who was coaching down in Arizona. The first two years were rough, and then they just had a winning season. They were 11th in the country. They were picked to win the Big 12 next year. That's the new conference that the University of Washington's going to be playing in, right? That the University of Michigan's going to be playing in, Ohio State. They were picked to win it because they have a very successful offense and a defense that he built there. He's one of these young and up, up-and-coming coaches. University of Arizona has a money problem. In fact, they're looking around, they're going, where did $250 million go? As a result of that, he's not going to have some of the NIL money that he's supposed to have. That's the money that actually goes to players. And he's also not going to have some of the money that's supposed to go to his coaches. And also, when he came to the University of Washington, because they, now they signed him, he got a In fact, I think his did his salary it either doubled or it tripled, right? Coming to the University of Washington, he'll make almost eight million dollars and down there I think he was making a little less than three so now he transfers now all the players that he recruited at the University of Arizona the transfer portal now automatically opens for them and they can transfer some will enter the portal and stay in Arizona some will enter the portal and they'll go to other schools but many I predict will enter the portal and they'll come to the University of Washington so we were really pissed off when all these players left and the coach left here at the University of Washington but now the University of Arizona now you understand how those fans feel because they're going through the same thing also Nick Saban leaving Alabama the transfer portal automatically open and over two dozen recruits that Caitlin DeBoer thought he was going to get at the University of Alabama, they are gone and they've entered the portal. Ron, this is what people are asking right now. Should there be a change when a coach enters the portal and he transfers somewhere? Some people are saying those players in that program shouldn't be able to transfer for a year. What say you? I, I disagree. I think that the the evolution of college sports is going to be interesting to watch. That's, that's kind of what I was just going to ask you. Um how do you like the way this is going? Because it's turning into a very stark line between the haves and the haves nots. Um, you and I both played high school football. You were uh, better than I was. I mean, I got I got looked at for long snapping for some really small schools. I think you got looked at at some uh, some NCAA schools, but they weren't huge programs. So we both would have been in that tier of team now. Well, there's really no chance. Like you're doing it just because you love the game of football, not that you feel like you have any viable prospect in football. And sure, there are some guys that break in that are late bloomers that will still end up in the NFL. But for the most part, we're, we're in this system now where you're either going to be in a huge 
place that has hundreds of millions of dollars in the athletic program or you're not and you're going to be sort of in the Siberia of college sports do you like that the way it's going I think a lot of these schools and you, and you mentioned like I was recruited by University of New Mexico University of New Mexico State University of Northern Arizona home of the Lumberjacks go Lumberjacks Cal Poly place like that and those schools never had a chance anyway I, I think what should happen is you should probably have a championship game for the teams of the SEC and the teams that are in the Big 12, and then everybody else, there should be a different uh, championship game. Because to your point, having is it 166 schools that are out there that are all competing for a trophy? No, they're not. That's ridiculous. Maybe in basketball, that's the great thing about when you see uh, the Sweet 16. That's never going to happen in football. I do think it's interesting, though, that next year, instead of having four slots, is it 12 slots or 14 slots for I, the championship? I believe they go to eight next year and then the possibility of 12 down yeah, the road. So, so, so we'll see some other teams mixed in there. But at the end of the day, they're going to be a lot of the same teams that we've seen. Uh, and, and you're right. You look at the university of Texas, the university of Texas raised 200, their boosters raised $236 million this past year for the football program. Um, um, SMU (laughs) said they have such deep pockets at SMU, Southern Methodist. They didn't even take TV money. Yeah. They were like, if you put us back into a big conference, because they got in trouble back in the day and they've been sort of in the outside looking in, put us back into a big conference. We don't even need your money. Yeah. Keep your money. We're just going to pay our own way. And they are. In it's Dallas. it's incredible. Yeah. So I, I think I, I like that you're the power. There's more power to the players because they are the product. Because it used to be you would have six of the best quarterbacks sitting on the bench in, in Alabama all trying to play. You look here, Brock Heward's nephew, Sam Heward, was sitting on the bench at the University of Washington. He wasn't getting any playing time. He was able to hit the portal. And I think he I think he actually is starting for Cal Poly now and actually getting playing time. So, so I think that that's a good thing. I think this is player positive. I do think there's going to have to be some rule tweaks down the road. Uh, but I want to see players players benefit because schools have benefited a long time and so have some of the other programs the only programs that make money are men's football men's basketball and they pay for all the other programs at the school so i like seeing the the these young men uh do well we will see you on the other side of this hey you guys what's going on it's don now listen to me I had a neighbor walk up the street and say to me the other day, hey, we're interested in having you sell our home, but it seems like this is a bad time to sell a home and we need the money from our home to leave Queen Anne, Washington, and we're going to Mexico. And we're taking our dog that we found in Mexico, Poncho, we're taking him back home. And that's where we're going to live from now on. What's crazy is... The gentleman that owns that house used to own the house that I'm sitting in. They sold me this house, right? Anyway, I had some good news for them, and I had to tell them, hey, is the summer much you want to sell in the fall? The market is actually very good right now for sellers, but your home must be dialed in, and Ron, you must do your work in this marketplace right now. And if you do sellers, you will be rewarded, right? Yeah, and it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. No obligation. It's free of charge. It's on Zoom. It's about half an hour. Email me directly, ron at ronandon.com or go to the website, ronandonsitdown.com. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, we sell the sound. We're doing sit-downs now, ronanddonsitdown.com. If you're selling any time in 2024, we met some of our clients the other day. Uh, they're over here in Magnolia. They're not selling until late 2024, but now is the time to sit down strategizing because we want to make sure we get every dollar and every penny out of that home for you. And if you want to go shopping, let's go shopping and buy some real estate to invest in uh, right now. Now's a great time to do that. Ron and Don, sitdown.com, and we sell uh, the sound. Let's talk about smartphones. We were talking about the Kelsey brothers in the last episode, and I thought it was interesting. One of the Kelsey brothers that plays for Philadelphia is thinking about retiring. He's on his podcast the other day, and he said the hardest thing for him sometimes with his little kids is when they come up and they scold him and they say, Daddy, get off your phone. And he's like, because ah! he's like, yeah, I am on my phone. What's interesting is my son used to do that to me, and I have built-in excuses because I do a lot of real estate stuff. I get Airbnb questions all the time on my phone. If you don't answer those questions within an hour, you get nicked on the algorithm. If you don't answer within 24 hours and you mix one, of, you miss one of those, uh, your score as a host ends up going down. You lose your super host status, and the bottom line is you start losing exposure on the platform. So they really put pressure on you to make sure that you answer and there's there's specific times during the week uh that people reach out but even sitting here i've gotten four airbnb requests and sometimes they're requests sometimes they're guests that are staying here now they want to know how this works or yesterday in the pouring rain somebody got locked out couldn't get in it's it's just it, it's constant so i have a built-in excuse and i try to tell him that what's interesting is now that he has a phone He's no longer telling me to get off my phone because he's on his phone. So we have to make sure that we have times in our day that we've built in where we're not using phones. One of those is in the morning. Even if I'm getting calls or requests in the morning, I just put the phone down. We have breakfast. In the evening, we have a certain time that's carved out where we jump off our phones and we make sure that we spend some some FaceTime together. But, Ron, you were saying a school – is a school just banned phones? And, and what happened as a result? What happened? Well, this is interesting. I'm curious to get your take on this. So there is a – it's a private school. And so this private school is actually in the U.K. But public schools around the world are now looking at this. So they have a lot more control being – a private school. So what they did, because parents were like, and this is the excuse you get a lot from parents that, that, uh, that fuel this. They say, I need to be able to get a hold of my kid. And so this private school did a study uh, in their classrooms. Uh, and uh, a mon- I don't know if it was a study, but they, they set it up with the faculty. And they found, and this, this may or may not surprise you, it surprised me. They found that every single teacher in every single classroom in this school uh, for each class, average between seven and 20 times per class of telling a kid to put away their phone. So every single class in every classroom all day long, between seven and 20 times per class, not per day, per 40 minute to 50 minute class. Put away your phone, put away your phone, put away your phone. So every two to three minutes, these teachers are having to tell a kid to put their phone away. And so as a school, they said, okay, we, this, we got we to gotta change this. So because they're a private school, they said, here's what we're going to do. Kids are going to, because parents are going to freak out if they can't get a hold of their kid, we're going to buy dumb phones. They're going to be phones that are about the size of a pack of playing cards, black and white, small screen, no apps. 
like there's no Instagram, there's no Snapchat, uh, there's no, uh, you know, Spotify. You are not looking at no, no apps will work. You can do the old school texting where if you want to hit the letter C, you hit two, 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 and it's a C. And then one time it's an A like that's not so very cumbersome. You can text, but it's not fast. And so what they said is like, we're school wide. You're still going to have a phone. If there's an emergency, you can still get a hold of your student. But while they are at school, if you want to get another phone for outside of school, that's on you. But when you're on the school ground, you have to use a dumb phone. And the teachers, and, and now the students have come around a little bit, so that it has revolutionized the school. That they are the learning environment has improved. That when they go to lunch, the kids actually seek out other kids to sit with and to engage with at lunch. If they go out on the school grounds, this particular school said they set up this kind of tent outside that has some seating areas uh, for weather reasons, and kids will go out and talk to each other, and they'll go to the, these these seating areas and interact with each other. And so, other schools now are looking into this. Pub, public schools even here in the U.S., are going, could we do this? Would there be, would we have the judge to tell these families no more smartphones because it is an incurred expense? And so this school, the, the, the clientele is more well-off. They can afford to buy the dumb phone. And so to attend the school now, you have to agree, no smartphones, you're going to buy this dumb phone. Here's how much it costs. Welcome to school. This is part of our curriculum. You cannot do anything else but have the dumb phone. Yeah, they're already doing that in my son's school, and, it, and it's, a, it's a public school. I asked him about this. I had, I had a friend, in fact, come visit this school teacher down in Arizona, and I said, what do you do? She just said, I have a basket in the back, and when the kids come in, all their phones go in the basket. And then when they leave, they just take their phone with them. So she says, I don't, I don't have a problem in my class. And I built that kind of trust with my kids. I said, well, what if they did pull out a phone during class? She said, it doesn't happen. It's just, we, we have that trust. It doesn't happen. I've noticed even when I text him at school, he never texts me back. And the, and the rules there are you just, at the beginning of the day, you put away your phone. Uh, you can check in with your parents at lunchtime. So you can check in then. Uh, but it's it, in their backpack. They don't have to put it yeah, in their locker. Yeah, you can have it in your backpack. You can have it in your locker. You just if if they see your phone, then the phone just goes to the office, and you just have to go pick up your phone in the office, and then you have to have a conversation with the principal about why your phone was out. My son just said the only time he sees that rule broken is when kids will go to the bathroom and they'll just pull out their phone in the bathroom. But you know what? Kids are going to be kids. They're not doing anything else in the bathroom. So I don't think that that's a bad thing, actually, doing in the bathroom. Because I think about some of the things that kids my age used to do in the bathroom. I, I think it's better that they're on their phones versus some of the other things. It is so different now. I watched a video online the other day uh, with the AI chat GPT stuff. There's a kid, some college student that's probably going to be a, a billionaire, has invented an app where a student can open their laptop chat gpt is recording the lecture then summarizes the lecture when you hit stop recording yeah. summarizes the lecture makes flashcards for the most important parts of the lecture and the student has done nothing they just they sit there they sit down open the laptop when the lecture starts they hit record wow. and they just sit there and at the end of class within 10 minutes they have flashcards for the test of the most important parts of that of i that wonder lecture. If, do you think that that's a bad thing though I don't, I think it's an easier thing. I don't know if, I mean, I guess 
Because I can't I don't, use the laptop for your well, exam. I, I used to have, it was interesting. I used to have a lot of teachers that, that told me, if you want to learn, don't take notes. Uh, and then you had other teachers that were like, take these notes, write this down. It really pissed me off, though, when you would take notes, you would write things down, and then you would go and you'd read the chapters of the book that night, and it was the exact same damn thing. And so then all you're really doing is memorizing, and then the question becomes, am I really learning this, or am I memorizing this? I will have to say, my son and my penmanship, and especially when I write in cursive, is not awesome. He thinks it's amazing hmm. because kids don't write in cursive anymore. Yeah, you're typing. I just remember the thing that would bother me is teachers, and I think it's just a fragile ego, they would require you to attend the class even if you could pass their exams. Right. Especially, my, especially in college. My vantage point or my perspective on that is, is if I can pass your exam without attending your lecture, that's on you. <laughs> you're, you're not adding enough for me to attend the class. Yeah. It's not on me. All right, more on the other side. Hey, it's Ronnie on here with Mitch Weeks. You know him as Mitch.loans. And Mitch, a lot of people find themselves in this scenario. Maybe they're downsizing and they're like, where am I going to live? When I sell this house, because I don't have my other house yet, and it freaks them out, and sometimes they, they tap the brakes, is there anything we can do in a loan way to help someone in that scenario? Absolutely. We have a great new program. It's called Buy Before You Sell, and it's structured to help exactly those type of people. What you can do is you tap into the equity in your home in advance. So let's say you've already paid, you've been living in a house for a while, you've already paid it down, and about half of its equity, you can get up to 80% of the value of your house in that equity. You get that in, and that's the down payment on your next home. Hmm. Not only that, but in this program, you're not hit for your debt on your old house or that loan because it's a 0% interest loan. And because of that, you can buy your next house before you have to sell your current house. It means you don't have to move twice and it just adds a lot less stress. Yeah, absolutely adds a lot less stress. So if that's the scenario for you or you've been having a stumbling block, if I don't know where I'm going to live first before I sell this house, give Mitch a call or you can contact us. It's Mitch.loans or run it on sitdown.com. Again, Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. I don't know if your NFL team is winning, and by the time you hear this, another weekend of NFL games have gone by. Uh, I will have to say it is interesting to see how the stars are getting involved right now. Eminem, who actually grew up in Detroit, loves Detroit. In fact, when I think of Detroit, Michigan, I do think about him a lot. Also, Kid Rock. They love the Detroit Lions. And if you've ever lived in that area, Ron and I did radio in West Michigan. Even the people in West Michigan, all over Michigan. They're used to the University of Michigan having a good football team. The University of Michigan having a good basketball team. Go Blue. Even the Spartans every once in a while are good and okay. They're used to their hockey team. The Detroit Red Wings doing well. But when it comes to their baseball team, they used to be good. These days they struggle. And when it comes to their football team, they have always struggled. In fact, it's been absolutely decades. What was it, 1957, the last time I think that they showed up and they actually won a playoff game? There's a new documentary on Barry Sanders that I think is on Amazon Prime that yeah. you have to watch. It's amazing. I just want to say this real quick. If you haven't visited Detroit, 
and it's not on the top cities in America. Like when you think of, oh, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to go to Dallas. I'm going to go to San Francisco. I went to Detroit with my brother last year. We had a blast. It's a cool downtown. There's some amazing architecture, amazing history, some sculptures uh, that are incredible pieces of artwork. Um, we went down by the baseball and football stadiums, uh, had some buddies pizza down there. Like it's got really cool neighborhoods, a really cool vibe. Uh, you know, there's, it's just, it, it, it's a cool city. There's a lot of up and coming stuff. I went to uh, Jack White's third man records from the white stripes, um, like stuff like that, that are just very Detroit, very Midwest. So put it on your list. Like I, we went to Chicago and we went to Detroit. I had equal amount of enjoyment as a tourist in Detroit that I did in Chicago. It's really cool. It's areas of the city were totally shut down and they said, we can't afford a police or fire or garbage anymore for this part of the city. So no more services. You have people that have gone in there that have bought up blocks of housing for a dollar, five and a thousand. And they'll end up not only paying for, uh, those homes, but then they build these homes they, and they build these homes back better. And they've been able to drive service then of garbage, police and fire back to these neighborhoods. Uh, they built these huge gardens in the middle of Detroit. If you've ever wanted to understand urban farming, cause the soil there is so rich. I can remember growing up in Illinois, not far from Detroit and digging in some of the same soil, the things that we used to grow. And I grew up across the street from a farmer's field where they used to grow uh, feed corn and soybean. And so there's a lot of rich soil there. Uh, and there's been a lot of poverty over the years, but they are really building that city back better. Think about the old Silverdome. The people that built the Silverdome is the same company that built the dome in New Orleans and built the dome here in Seattle. Our dome has been down for quite some time. And now think about this. Our stadium here is about... It's, it's almost been around. In fact, I think in three years, it's 20 years old. Uh, isn't that incredible? They were having the hardest time after they built Ford Field to get anybody to buy the Silver Dome. They were selling it for $13 million, $11 million. I think they finally sold it for a million dollars. A stadium in the city of Detroit. Isn't that incredible? But anyway, that city is coming back. You know that their quarterback for the Detroit Lions used to play for the Rams. He got traded away, and then he ends up beating the Rams, so everybody knows that story. Eminem, though, has been actually reaching out personally to Dan Campbell, who's the coach of that team, and Dan Campbell is certainly a player's coach. He used to play in the league, so it's great to see them do well, and I hope they did well this weekend. He is he is saying all he needs is a jersey. He's ready to go. He has one good hit left in him, and he just wants to be put in uh, uh, one game for one play. Uh I think that that would be a lot of fun. I think it would become the laughing stock of the NFL if you allowed that. But I have also thought I, I have thought about stars or billionaires paying their, their way onto the NFL film. And if you think about a, a field, if you think about the original 12th man, that really started with the Texas Aggies, right? Where they said, we're going to take one player. And in fact, I think the first player that they took was someone that was in the band. We're going to put you on special teams. We're going to let you be the 12th man and the 12th fan. And we're going to allow you one play a game. That's really how this whole thing started in Seattle. And then we stole it a little bit. That'd be pretty cool at the NFL level. And I was going to put some guy in why not Eminem right yeah uh, he would be destroyed <laughs> 51 years old he would be destroyed 
Don't we always feel that way as guys, though, that we have what a good hit left at us? People need to, if you ever get a chance to get down on the sideline and see how big and fast these athletes are, it will blow you your die. mind. You could die. You could get your oh, neck you broken. You could absolutely die. Yeah, and you don't understand how fast these guys are going. Some of these guys are running 20. I'm sorry, 22, like a guy like uh, Medcalf for the Seattle Seahawks, he's running on a pass route anywhere between 22 to 27 miles an hour. Yeah, he's built like a brick wall. Too. Run into that and let me know how you're doing. I, I did this one time and I shared the story about playing for the Raiders, having one good hit left in me and going out to a practice and you're just... Eminem would just get annihilated. I know. Because you're way stronger than Eminem, and John yeah. Ritchie ran you over. Yeah, and then he picked me up and threw me a mile. So, anyway. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, on Friday tomorrow, our real estate-only podcast. So, uh, if you're looking to sell, we're going to talk about some really specific things that you should do before you bring your home to market. And one of those things is talking about commission and when you should ask to pay a little less commission, not only on the side of your realtor, but maybe on the other side of the buyer, uh, in fact, we're doing some things in 2024 to reduce commissions and save money uh, that I don't see a lot of realtors doing. And so we're going to explain that on the Friday show. And in fact, we have one of our clients that's going to end up putting tens of thousands of dollars back in their pocket for the strategy that we're going to use. And this may be a, a strategy that you want to use as well. If you need us, reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't forget, we are all the neighborhoods in the great specific Northwest here in the Seattle area and the bedroom communities. We do sell the sound. Ron and Don, sit down.com. Till next time, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you. You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh, on the Ron and Don Radio Now. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Oh, <laughs>